Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Catholic voice in America. On this show, I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like why the world isn't working right now. The Protestant Reformation is over. Christians now have more commonalities than differences, yet evil is spreading and the enemy is winning because we're still fighting each other over self-righteous labels and high-level theology. If you disagree with me, then you're part of the problem. Listen, as Christians, we're all baptized into God's family. We all want heaven, and we all struggle with the same human brokenness. United we stand, divided we fall, it's that simple. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist who was almost murdered twice. But God spared me because he had a higher purpose for my life. My mission is to unify Christians everywhere. This show was created for you, the person who wants to be accepted and loved and reminded that God has a higher purpose for your life. Let's get started. Today, my featured guest is Jim Ramos. You can find him at meninthearena.org. Meninthearena.org. That's right. So gentlemen, this show is for you specifically. Ladies, you can listen in and and really just, you know, get all the things we do wrong as men, right? And, and you could be right about it, and that's awesome. But the show is going to be catered, I think, more to men because this is the calling that God has put on Jim's heart. Now, Jim was raised Catholic, but he walked away from the church when his parents divorced on his 13th birthday. Through a high school coach, though, Jim gave his life to the Lord and entered full-time youth ministry at age 23, where he continued to serve until 45 when he launched the Men in the Arena in 2012. He is a nationally sought-after keynote speaker, author, and podcaster like myself. The Men in the Arena podcast has reached men, not the podcast, the Men in the Arena has reached men from around the world through the Men in the Arena Facebook forum, uh, his podcast, and his weekly equipping blast. Jim has written nine books. I'm going to figure out how he did that. Jeez. Uh, including the popular Field Guide, a bathroom book for men uh, with a free PDF version on his website. You can go pick that up right now if you like. And The Man Card, his other book, Five Characteristics Separating Men from Boys. What a relevant topic for today's society. Most of us are confused on what it even means to be a man or a boy nowadays. So Jim lives in... I'm going to try this, McMinnville, Oregon, with his wife and best friend for 27 years, Shanna. They have three adult sons. Jim loves hunting with, with his sons. And by the way, you can't see this right now, but on camera, he's got an elk right there on his top left side, uh, one of his big accomplishments. And he loves doing anything with Shanna and listening to men share their story over a cafe Americana. I love it. All right. So, Jim, welcome to the show. Welcome to Broken Catholic, my friend. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to be on the show, Joseph. Thanks so much for having me on. And I resonate with your uh, podcast title, Broken Catholic. Uh, I thought, wow, I'm one. <laughs> you know, once Catholic, always Catholic. And so, no, I, I, we've had a great journey, uh, and it has been a journey of brokenness in a lot of ways. Uh, I am a keynote speaker and do a lot of speaking, but um, in college, I dropped every course I ever took where there was an oral presentation involved. And so when I finally gave my life to Christ, one of the first things I felt like God shared was you're going to be speaking. Uh, mm. Psalm 42 came up, which talks about your lips are anointed for my purpose. And I wrestled with that and said, no way. And um, not doing it. 
can't get me to do it. And so lo and behold, here I am. Um, and it's just funny because whenever I speak, I, I laugh when people come up and compliment me because I'm like, man, this is something I would never, ever, ever do. So uh, I'm a guy who walks in the room. I have a big presence, big stature, but uh, I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> and, so, and so, you know, I battle things like, uh, am I good enough? I battle mm. things like, am I smart enough? In fact, I just had to work through some of that about a year ago and just realizing that, you know what, if God has put me on this planet and called me to do a certain thing, that I'm good enough, I'm the perfect guy for the job. And so that's what we're about. And so uh, a lot of our ministry is based on being authentic and real and open because uh, a lot of what guys like to do is they like to cover up, they like to mm. put on a veneer. Uh, I, I hope this is appropriate, but I, you, know, you get a bunch of guys in a room and they have this pissing contest, you know, kind of mm -hmm. who's got the bigger job, who makes more money, whose wife that's is prettier. Right. And uh, they just never really get real with it. And so we're just uh, all about being real and open and helping guys just say, hey, man, I'm, uh, I've got stuff I'm working through. So uh, lock shields with me and uh, let's work through this together. Mm, I love that. And uh, I don't know if you can hear this, BC Nation, but uh, we obviously have the landscapers deciding to come outside <laughs> my office right now. So, Jim, can you hear that in the background? Oh bit. yeah, we had, we had a guy on our podcast one year. We kept hearing a noise. We're like, "What is that?" He had a dog snoring at his feet. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> hilarious! All right, so but but you know what? I'm not even going to edit that out, right? Because this is this is what it looks like. This is humanity, BC Nation, and it just goes to show to Jim's point: you don't have to be perfect to be used by God. You don't have to have a perfect situation to be used powerfully by God, right? You can have leaf blowers going on in your life and still be used by God. So I just wanted to drop that there. Uh, Jim, I really loved what you said and that you were transparent about, hey, Joseph, I'm a broken Catholic. I really resonate with the show title. And once a Catholic, always a Catholic. And some of my uh, Catholic buddies that are now what they consider themselves recovering Catholics, and they kind of giggle and <laughs> chuckle and think they're so clever. And I'm like, dude, you get that you're a Catholic for life, right? You can't undo yeah. a baptism. Like you get that, right? And they're just like, oh, shut up, shut up, man. Right? And they just don't want to admit it. And it's like, dude, stop all the violence. Stop it. It's like the divisiveness between Catholics and Protestants has to end. Like you hear in the intro, every time I'm broken Catholic, I talk about that. I'm like, listen, we have more in common than, than different, right? And we need to focus on those commonalities. Uh, unite, right? Cling sh uh, shields together the way you said it, lock shields together and fight the enemy that is just devouring our young people, right? And just ruling this world right now. And we're so focused on infighting in our little theological differences that we're not, that he has us distracted. And I think it's ridiculous. So Jim, thanks for going there with us. Let's get into your faith story, your journey. Yeah. Um, because that's interesting to me. All right. So parents got divorced. You're age 13. My parents got divorced at age eight and a half. That's where a lot of trauma happened for me. It was not a, a very clean divorce. Um, so really take us back to that place. And, and what was that like for you? Because as we know, as a, a child, and a, when a divorce happens, you're the victim, right? You don't get a say in the matter. So what happened there? And uh, what did, you know, how did you kind of recover from that and move forward in your life? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, at the time I was glad they got divorced. You know, my dad was uh, doing some things he shouldn't be doing with other people. And he mm. was a pretty rough guy. I was, I was a big kid and I was the oldest in the family. So I was, he was really, really pushed me uh, in sports and stuff. So when they got divorced, I was actually happy. Uh, 
but I remember telling my mom, Hey, uh, I don't ever want to go to church. This is, I was, bo- I, I, I don't say I'm a recovering Catholic because I'm not, I just say I'm a Catholic, but mm. I was just bored. It, it church bored me. I was 12, 13, whatever. So I walked away from that completely and, uh, started playing freshman basketball and ran into a guy who was a Christian guy. Didn't know at the time, didn't know there was a difference between, I didn't know what any differences were. Catholic Christians all the same to me. And so he started talking about having this relationship with God. I remember I was driving back from basketball practice mid-December, which I had just had a birthday. And I remember I had in my hand Aerosmith's Toys in the Attic cassette. I had got that for my birthday, and I had ACDC's Back in Black, right? I had these cassettes, and we're driving. And he started telling me about Jesus. And I said, hey, listen, Gary, um, I appreciate your point of view. I would call myself a Christian, but I'm never going to church again. I just am bored by it. He said, hey, you don't have to be a Christian go to church to be a Christian. It's about having a relationship with God. Well, I'll tell you what, that blew me away. I had never heard that in my life that I could have a relationship with God. So I tucked that away for about three or four years. And my senior year of high school, Gary came back and was one of our football coaches. And I worship football. I live, eat, sleep, drink football. And um, so basically, long story short, uh, we started doing this meeting every Thursday and it turned into him preaching to us, a group of guys. None of us guys were Christians. And uh, after the season was over, I was so glad he was done preaching to us. He said, Hey Jim, you want to meet once a week? Just you and me. <laughs> and everything in me said no, but I ended up saying yes. And uh, by the end of my senior year, he led me to Christ. I, I didn't think I was really doing anything different because I already thought I was a Christian. But when I prayed that prayer, something did change in me. And, mm-hmm. uh, that led me to a call. I went to college football, I had a scholarship to play football and it led me through a real, a series of devastating injuries that led me to really surrender uh, my life to Jesus Christ. I can tell you that story if you want, but uh, either way is fine. I listen, I'm really interested in this and there's so many overlaps in my own personal life that you're just like poking, <laughs> you're poking the elk right now, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So like take us to the surrender. Um, because so many of us, I believe, avoid that. And, and that's what God is chasing. He wants us to finally let go and to let go of control in your life, BC Nation, to give him what's that thing that you're still holding on to that mm. deep down in your, your heart, you know God wants it, but you're scared. And here's why you're scared. You don't believe that God, that you can trust God. You, you just don't, you don't, you believe that God is going to let you down if you give him that thing. Mm. And the sooner you get real about that, there's freedom on the other side of it. But that's mm. the thing. That's the thing that God wants. So Jim, what was that thing you were holding on to? Or maybe it was several things and, and just paint us a picture of what that surrender looked like. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing I was holding on to is I wanted the American dream. I wanted it all right. I wanted the money. I wanted the status. I wanted the stuff. And I was a business major at a real prestigious Catholic university, Santa Clara University, playing football on a full-ride scholarship. And uh, my freshman year of college, I was a starting fullback and blew out my knee, non, non-contact injury. I went in for knee surgery and uh, I was overdosed by the anesthesiologist. I had an anaphylactic reaction. I went code blue. Uh, I, my eyes swelled shut. So my, my eyes were swollen shut. This is a true story. For three days, I couldn't see. And while I was in ICU, the, uh, God spoke to me for the very first time. I heard the voice of God, not audibly, but I heard him. 
say, I want you to make a difference in the lives of teens. So I was not living mm. for Christ. I had not surrendered to Christ. So I, but I went back. I, I had this mission, this call. I changed my major. I got my eyesight back. My eyes came back. You know, my swelling went down. And I went back, changed my major, started working with autistic kids, uh, recovering from the knee surgery. And then the next year I uh, came back, the next year was starting. Uh, my knee wasn't fully recovered. I had a lot of muscle issues in my other, my good leg. And then uh, got better. And then we were playing a game and I reached in to get a fumble and dislocated my elbow. So now I'm in the hinge cast for four weeks. I got better, came back, started the next two games. I got hit while carrying the ball and broke my leg. And so I was done. So that was that year. The next year I came back and experienced, I was bigger and better and stronger than ever and started having uh, stingers in my neck because I was a fullback. And I had, uh, and I didn't want to tell anybody about it because I'd missed the two previous seasons. So the nerve got so bad, I had what they call a severe second degree nerve injury in my C5, C6, uh, cer um, the, the cervical region. And um, they told me I'll never play football again. Mm. Uh, if I get hit one time, I can paralyze. But me being the, you know, the naive young man I was who worshiped football still, still was a Christian, but didn't understood what it meant. I made a deal with God. Hey, if you give me one more year of football, I'll give you my life. So lo and behold, came back the next year. I was on 2,400 milligrams of ibuprofen for three months straight. Today, I have some kidney disease from that event. And uh, I remember going through the whole season, never got hurt. And uh, the week after the season was over, I was buying Christmas presents for all my family. I had $32 left. What do I do with this money? Look behind me. I'm standing in front of a Bible bookstore. Went in, bought a Bible, read it cover to cover, was in full-time ministry a year later. And so what God kind of, I feel like God held me to a prayer I prayed uh, without thinking. I, I prayed this mm. prayer, just making a deal with God. It wasn't about God. It was about football. And God held up his deal. And so next thing I know, I'm in full-time ministry. Did that for the next 23 years with teenagers. So that's how God called me and, and the surrender happened. God just honored his deal with me. <laughs> mm. I you wish, know, yeah, I, yeah. Man, I, I listen to stories like yours, Jim, and, and you call it a deal, right? I call it a deal. I made a deal with God. And, mm. and really what it is, is it's, you made a covenant with him. And totally. if you look, you look back in the Bible, right? God uh, does not take covenants lightly. Correct. And he will keep you to your word, even if it means causing pain in your life. And BC Nation, maybe you made a deal with God way back when and you're trying to run from it maybe not owning your part in it. And all of a sudden, all these things are going wrong in your life. You're having these injuries in your life. They could be emotional, yeah. relational industries, right? Uh, injuries, they don't have to just be physical like in Jim's football career. But so many times, and Jim, I really resonate with this. We, <laughs> I believe, um, God has constantly given us signs of stop doing that. I'm calling you come to yeah. me and, and he'll use pain as we said, and we're just fighting through it. And we're like, no, I'm not going to give you this. And he gives you another injury, right? And your leg, your knee goes out and then he gives you another injury. And you're like, no, not yet. I'm still chasing my plans and my schemes. Yep. BC nation. Is this resonating with you? Is Jim's story really hitting home for you? It is for me. What's that thing? Listen, God is a relentless God. He will pursue you until he captures you into his heart. Why? Because you were made by him and for him. Your life belongs to him. And the sooner you get that, that you can't outrun him, 
the sooner you'll have that love, peace, and joy. Right, Jim? Anything you want to add to that? Well, you know, God finds us in our brokenness. You know, my, I, somebody I really care about said to me one time, God would never hurt me. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, God finds us in our pain. He found the prodigal son in wallowing in the pig pen. You know, he found me in, a, in the brokenness of an ego and an injury. You know, he finds people in the pain of their divorce or the abuse of uh, somebody they trusted who sexually abused them. You know, God, God does, that's not something God wants to do. He doesn't want to hurt us, but we live in a fallen, broken world where people are broken and God will take that brokenness in his great love for us and meets us in the brokenness. That's why Romans eight twenty eight says, for God works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so mm. even the worst things in our life that happen to us, that when people violate us, when people wound us, uh, when people hurt us, God will take that and help us to minister to others, usually from the space of that pain that somebody else inflicted on us, which is really the beauty of how God works. And so um, we may not enjoy it at the time. It may be extremely traumatic or painful, but as God works us through that and we find freedom from that brokenness, we now have a story to share with those who are broken in that same brokenness. Mm. Mm. That's so true. And I also want to add, right, God um, disciplines those he loves. Hebrews, book of Hebrews. That's you true. got it, right? God disciplines those he loves, right? So it's not God is hurting you. He's disciplining you, BC Nation, right? He's disciplined me in my life. Listen, I have a whole story, and, and Jim invited me on his show, so I'll probably, if he wants, I'll share it then. But I'll just give you a little snippet. Like, it was only a year ago that God stripped away from me very painfully one of my businesses. Mm. Why? Because I was too comfortable. I was working two hours a week and collecting a very nice check. Do you think I was leaving that scenario? No, I built up a business. I had an automated team in place, everything. But then I prayed this very dangerous prayer. I said, God, remove any obstacles that are blocking me from your plan for my life. Mm. And then I said the dumb thing, Jim. I said, and use force if necessary. Oh, yeah. And guess what God does? Okay, son. Right. Boom. And he came in and he stripped the business and all of a sudden everything just started to fall apart where it shouldn't have. There was no reason it should have. Everything was working and in place. But God said, son, I want you and I want you to be working for me, not for yourself anymore. And that's really what it comes down to. So, Jim, let's go here for a second. Why do you think that 90 percent of people are struggling? Right. And good people, Christian people, believers, they're struggling to find their purpose. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I think we get clouded, especially here in America or in these, uh, in these uh, first world nations. We struggle with materialism. We struggle with status. About uh, a month ago, I was just praying about some things. And, I, and when I entered full-time ministry, I knew that I would not have the stuff that a lot of my friends have. And most of my college buddies, a lot of my peers are multimillionaires, you know, 50, 30, 80 net million, million net dollars. But what I didn't realize and I've realized that now is I have, with a loss of the income, with that sacrifice, that surrender, there's a status loss because money in America, money in these developed nations is status, you know, to have those things. And so I think people are clouded by that because they think that the more stuff I have, the better person I am, the, 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 the bigger person I am. And I think it's really funny because Jesus, who is the ultimate man, He's the ultimate alpha male. The Bible calls him the alpha and the omega. Jesus said, the son of man has 
no place to lay his head. So here's this guy who was homeless, who was supported by a group of women, you know, but, but when we look at the life of Jesus, he was the ultimate man, but mm. he did not let material possessions cloud him from God's purpose. And I think that's the biggest problem. I think if somebody wants to really see God's purpose, they need to sell everything they own and come follow him or at right. least be willing to. I agree with you completely. Now go ahead and, and speak specifically to men and let's segue into oh. the man card book that you wrote. Okay. So you got this yeah. book called the man card and, and connect that purpose conversation or narrative that you just spoke about and connect it to your book. And what do you want to say to men listening right now that yeah, they're no, struggling I, to find their purpose? Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, one of the things I hear from guys all the time, uh, non-Christian guys is, Hey, I don't want to surrender my life to Christ because then he'll make me less of a man. You know, I won't, mm. I won't be able to do the things I want to do. And what I tell those guys is, man, you're an idiot. <laughs> because when you give your life to Christ, he makes you more of a man. You know, that one of my favorite books I've read in the last 10 years is called Rediscovering Catholicism by Matthew Kelly. I read it's that. a phenomenal book. And in that book, he coins the phrase, the best version of yourself. That's right. And what I tell guys is, how can you ever be the best version of you unless you radically commit your life, radically commit your life to the God who created you. If God created you and if God loves you and if God has a purpose for your life, how therefore can you ever imagine that you'll step into your best version, that radical devotion to him? And guys look at me like Friday guys, right? And so the man card was written because when guys step into that and they say, okay, I want to be my best version. We're living in a culture who has vilified manhood. And, and a lot of that is self-inflicted. I agree. 90% of the pain in this world is caused by men. Therefore, 90% of the world's pain is fixed by men. When a man gets it, everyone wins. Well, a man, once he gets it, he needs to understand what a man is. So the man card is the, the only book I've ever read that defines manhood. We took a bold step and we defined manhood. We said, guys, this is what a man does to keep his man card, to be a man. And so we mm. define manhood for these men who say, I want to be God's best version, but I don't even know what that looks like because I'm from a fatherless home. My parents were divorced when I was eight and a half years old, mm. you know, or 13 on my 13th birthday, or I don't have a dad at all. You know, 40% 40, 40 of children of divorce won't see their dad for an entire year. So we have a massive problem with these guys growing up fatherless. And so the book, helps these guys and gives them a target to shoot at. I like that a lot, right? So a target to shoot, shoot at, you know, BC Nation, it's like, Jim's so right, man. It's a, and, and he called me out personally, right? Eight and a half years old, divorced. Yeah. My dad was a Marine. He was a, he was a very macho alpha type of presence in my home. He was Superman to me. Unfortunately, he gave me, uh, he gave me half of who God was. And it was more the disciplinary, the, the Old Testament God, the God of wrath, judgment, condemnation, and, and the tyrant. And it's really difficult, as I say, to love a tyrant. Yeah, for sure. But what I was missing, and my Protestant brothers, my Baptist brothers later on, so many years later gave to me, was the relationship with God, the God of compassion, love, and peace, and forgiveness. And, and that changed everything. And when I put both together and I said, wow, it's the same God. I just only got one version of him, one perspective of him. And now I got both together. I was able to sit with him and God was able to pour his, 
his love into me, right? His fatherhood. And what did I get when I spent time with God? What are you going to get, BC Nation, when you spend quiet time with God, listening, not talking, listening? God pours your identity into you. So if you don't even know what that target looks like, what does it even look like for me to be a man? Like the ultimate man, Jesus himself, will speak to you in the silence if you go and spend time with him. The problem is you're not spending time with him, right? You're distracted with all the noise and you're out chasing. And then if you're even in that conversation, right, Jim, of like trying to figure out who am I? What am I here for? What am I meant to do? You go and you read all the books on purpose, how to find your purpose, right? One of the mm. biggest subjects out there in any book, right? And, and what is it? They all say the same thing. If you want to find your purpose, look within yourself to find the bleeping answers that you don't actually have. That's how you yeah. find your purpose, right? And it's illogical. And, and BC Nation, what Jim is saying, and men, what Jim is saying is that if you want to find your purpose, yes, look within yourself, do the inner work, but you got to go one step further. You got to take mm. it all the way to your creator. Why? Because yep. he was there when you were made. You weren't. He was yeah, there. That right? is true. So you got to say, God, why am I here? Who am I? What does it even look like for me to be a man? And just start with those basic questions. Jim, what do you want to add to that? Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. It's, it's asinine to, to say, oh, I'm going to look within myself for my own answer. The problem with the self-made man is he worships his creator. And so how can, how can you do that? It's like you take a piece of wood and you carve it out into this image of Mickey Mouse and then you worship it. That's what we're doing. We're saying, I'm going to worship something that, that I've created within myself. And we're broken people, man. We are, mm. we are so broken. And the person who says they can do it on their own, they're probably the most pitied out there because they're looking in the wrong places for their own source. And uh, the source is above us. You know, the source mm. is the God and the creator of the universe. And man, I, to me, Christianity is so simple, man. I forget the Catholics, Protestants, Baptists, whatever they are. You know, it's so simple to me for a guy. Just radically devote yourself to Jesus Christ and do what the Bible says. It's, it's so simple. That, that's how we become that best version. And then God will give us Popeye moments, right? That's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. When you have those Popeye moments, you get really pissed off about something that bothers you, an injustice in the world. Hey, buddy, maybe that's your purpose. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's that righteous anger comes out, right? Yep. You yeah. see, you see injustice, you see the weak and innocent being taken advantage of, whether it's politically or in other areas and something inside of you goes, that's wrong. I want to mm -hmm. do something about it. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it, but I want to do something about it. And BC nation, Jim said that that may be your purpose. Why don't you sit down with the creator of the universe and ask him about it? God, why do I feel this in my heart? Why do I, am I, am I so angry about this injustice? What are you trying to tell me? Right? And we don't want to have that conversation. But BC Nation, I encourage you, and, and I hope this inspires you, this show, specifically if you're a man, don't be scared. Mm. Don't be scared of what God will do to your life if you give it to him. Jim, I was just uh, chatting with a guy in my men's group here, and, and I said, you know, where's your life right now or whatever? And he goes, Joseph, I'm comfortable, man. We're retired. My wife makes a ton of money. I did very well in my career. I'm retired. So I'm just kind of helping out my mom because she's going through some health issues. And I was like, do you want more? Well, of course I want more. Do you really want more? Well, I'm comfortable. And he just kept going back to, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. And you could just see in his eyes, he's not satisfied. He's comfortable. Mm -mm. And I'm like, and, 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 and he was, 
we were just kind of going back and forth. And eventually I tap out in those conversations. I said, listen, I'll tell yeah. you what, when you really want what God has for you, let me know. I could help you get it, but the timing's got to be there. Yep. And he just kind of looked at me with the, as you said, the, the eggs in the eyes or whatever. And he was like, all right, all right, but I'm comfortable. <laughs> and, and, and BC Nation, you got to get past the comfort. Is that all you want with your life? Do you want to lay on your deathbed and say, I was comfortable, but not fulfilled? All right, so Jim, uh, welcome to my favorite part of the show. We're listening to Jim Ramos. Uh, you can find him at meninthearena.org, meninthearena.org. He wrote the book, The Man Card. If you're a man listening to this show right now, and there's something inside of you that says, what's next for me? I don't know what's next for me. What's God's plan for me? I don't even know what that looks like. If there's some little burning flame inside of you that wants more, wants to be more, go get Jim's book, The Man Card. And Jim, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. This is where, <laughs> as a Catholic, bro, you're going to love this, right? Oh, I love confession. There you go. This is where I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about oh, three seconds man. to answer each. It's just for fun. Don't overthink it. Are you ready, sir? Oh, yeah. We do this ourselves in a, on our podcast. So bring it on, baby. All right, brother. What's your favorite thing about God? His mission. Expand well, on that for a second. Yeah, the mission he gives us, and he gives us purpose. He gives us a reason to get out of bed. He, he doesn't need us, but he includes us in his plan because he loves us, and I love that about him. Wow, I love that. So favorite thing about God, he includes us in his plan. What's your least favorite thing about God? Uh, honestly, that he lets people get away with stuff. Uh, that I, I think sometimes the, his grace frustrates me because I'm like, go get him, God. And, and God backs off and loves him, and I just want the wrath, but, but he's – He's way more balanced than me. <laughs> okay, okay. I got to ask you, bro. And I got to call you out. It makes total yeah. sense, right? Because your righteous anger says, go get him, God. A, I'm, a, I'm a Catholic guy, right? So, you know, but listen, but listen. Do you want that same wrath when God's handling you? No, and that's the problem. <laughs> got it. You see, that? yeah, that's why I have a problem with God that way. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, Jim, let's get real here. What are you most afraid of? Uh, rejection for sure. I think rejection is the biggest fear of every man. And for me, it's not fear of failure. It's fear of others not liking me, uh, rejecting me. Uh, and that, and that mm. has hamstrung me in my life. And, and Jim, I think you just nailed it. That's what keeps men from surrendering their lives to God because they don't want to yeah, be rejected sure. by the world. And they think sure. that's what's going to happen. And BC Nation, that is not always what happens. Sometimes you're now finally, you're finally standing for something and you're actually embraced by the world and looked up and admired and, and other men go, man, I want what you have. So don't be scared. All right. What did you spend way too much time doing in your twenties? Thinking about women and football. <laughs> I got that. What secret fear <laughs> do you have about people? That they will let me down. Mm. because you know guys like you and i invest our lives in people and uh, the letdown most people don't get it and most people fail miserably and most people uh, we just had a situation where we had a, i had a guy in my life very close to my life who i thought really got it young guy 30 years old and we just found out recently that he had he had multiple multiple moral failures with erotic mm. massages and, and strippers and prostitutes and you know there's a fear that these guys you invest in will fail and so just people letting you down that's 
that has caused a lot of cynicism and skepticism in my life at 53. Okay, I got it. I'm going to expand on this question. Do you sometimes, if you're being real about it, do you sometimes, yeah, do you sometimes project that fear that people will let you down? Do you project that onto God, that God will let you down? You know, I do not do that because my, what I know about God is totally different. Uh, God has never let me down. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And in the midst of a broken world, he's the rock. He's the anchor. Psalm 61, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, I. And so I've always had this ruthless trust in who God is, which is why I've never wavered my faith in the last 30 plus years. I love that. And BC Nation, Jim is so right. You have to create that distinction between God and people. People will let you down. They're broken humans, just like you and I, the rest of us. God is God for a reason. That's why we worship him. He's not broken. He's perfect. Yep. So you could always place your trust in him. He'll never disappoint. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? (sighs) That we need to be all in. (laughs) He wants us all in. If you're not all in, you're not in. He doesn't settle for 99%? No, you may be in heaven because of God's grace, but you're not going to be all in as your best version. To become your best version, it takes radical, ruthless trust and surrender in him. And I battle that every day of my life. Mm. What's a new habit you want to form? Eating better. What's a bad (laughs) habit you want to break? Eating so much protein. (laughs) (laughs) I got that. I told you I had kidney issues, so I've got to... Yeah. downsize my protein intake. So a lot of my issues, you know, I'm a big guy. I'm a fit guy. I'm doing a thing for our organization right now, 180 workouts in 180 days. And so I'm the guy who can do, you know, 20 pull-ups at 260 pounds, but, but uh, my weight is a factor. My eating is a factor. And uh, that is probably my biggest hindrance in becoming my best version. Mm, got that. Pick three words to describe who you are now. <sighs> Holy cow. That's a tough one. Gentle real and i would say passionate Mm, good ones pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced god in your heart prideful stupid and arrogant (laughs) you got those much easier (laughs) yeah well my senior class i got the my senior class i was voted the most likely to be on the cover of sports illustrated and and tell you about it <laughs> that's great i so love that add-on tell me they didn't tell me they didn't know me <laughs> yeah it's like what do you mean i have an ego i don't think i have an yeah, ego and tell you about it what? <laughs> i'm my favorite i'm my favorite topic that's right and last question jim if you could come back to life after you died look your wife shannon in the eyes your kids in the eyes and give them only one piece of advice what would you say to them oh live for jesus Live for Jesus, BC. If, if you, if you, I've told my kids this. I'm getting choked up a little bit. I've told my kids this. My three sons. I have three sons, 25, 23, 21. I don't care if you're a burger flipper at McDonald's. I don't care if you're a garbage man. I don't care if you're, I don't care what you do for your career. If you get Jesus right, everything else will align in the midst of a broken world. Mm. If you get Jesus right, he will help you through the brokenness of this world. You just have to get radically commit your life to Jesus. That's all that really matters. Mm. BC Nation, if you get Jesus right, everything in your life will work out. I get that. And that might be the final wisdom, but what's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God versus not? Well, religion is trying to get to God and relationship is him coming to you in the form of Jesus Christ. 
And so let that relationship with God form you and shape you. But you need to make sure that relationship with God you have is the God of the Bible. So you need to know who you have the relationship with. You need to know everything about him and you need to know him personally. And I would just say from then on, shut up and listen. I love that. Shut up and listen, BC Nation. That's how I got there. All right. So what's the best way for BC Nation to get in touch with you if they so choose, Jim? Yeah, they can reach us at info at meninarena.org and that'll uh, come to me eventually. That's probably the best way to reach me. Excellent. And go pick up his book, The Man Card, if you are a man or if you are married to a man. All you wives out there, buy your husband this book. He will show up as the best version of himself and just love on you even more. Isn't that what you Yeah. Look at that. Love that. All right, Jim, thanks for being on uh, Broken Catholic, brother. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, my friend. Hey, Joseph, it's an honor to be on your show, and uh, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. God bless. Cheers. You too, buddy. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.